0: It might help if I turn, uh, turn it on. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Skillman Church of Christ. At this time, I would like to invite any child who is between the ages two years old to two years, you have a specific special service for you with Miss And as you are walking out of uh, this building, I just want you to hear these words. We love you guys so much. And God loves you as well. Do you guys know that? Do you kids know that? God loves you. (laughs) Shaleen, God loves you too. (laughs) A couple of announcements before we begin uh, this sermon on agape. Uh, I don't know if some of you guys received this pamphlet that was in your bulletin. We put it in there the past two weeks, but we have some special Sundays coming up here in the fall. For example, next Sunday, the 22nd of September, we are having an international worship service. So what this means is that within our congregation, there are people that have a different language. Their native tongue is different than English. And we're going to dedicate one Sunday to honor our diversity within our church. And so on this a week from today, we're going to have a church service where we have scriptures and prayers, Read and prayed in different languages. For example, uh, the Lord's Supper will be done in Spanish, and it will be translated into English. There will be scriptures that are read in Russian, in Mandarin, in Croatian, in Afrikaans, in... Oh man, there's so many other languages, I can't remember all of them But it's going to be a fantastic Sunday So please, if you are in town next Sunday, this will be a, a special event It'll kind of highlight and honor the, the diversity that we have within our congregation uh, Secondly, we have, on, to mark your calendars, on October 6th We're going to do something a little bit special, a little bit crazy uh, We're going to have our worship service outside in the grass on our property Kind of on that corner that's facing uh, Titsi Park And so the the reason, you know, people ask me, why in the world would you want to do this? (laughs) We have a nice air-conditioned room. We have pews that are nice and comfortable. Well, here's the why. It's a teachable moment to teach us all that worship extends outside the four walls of this building. And uh, it's going to be a special time on that Sunday, on October 6th at 1030. We will meet together in the the, uh, chapel which is over here. We'll meet in the chapel, and uh, we'll have a time. And as what we're going to do is we're going to start singing together. And together, as we walk out of the doors, so there'll be tables and chairs set up on our property and in the, in the, the lawn outside. And we'll sing and we'll have some time of, of worship. And uh, Jake will give a message that Sunday on Ecclesia Church, which is kind of a cool message for that Sunday. And uh, we'll also celebrate with a cookout. I think there's going to be burgers and hot. It's going to be a fun day. So that's October 6th. So two uh, things on your calendar to put on next week, the 22nd, and also the 6th of October. The last announcement is some really great news. If your name is Dulcinea Lambert, will you please stand up? Oh, there you are, Dulcinea. All right, Dulcinea. We have some great news. As of tomorrow, she will be joining our church staff as as our our communications coordinator. Our communications coordinator. So she's going to help us communicate effectively. She's going to help us with our web page and our social media Um, And she is going to be starting on Monday. We are so happy to have her on our team And I know all of you know and love uh, Dulcinea, so please give her a hug after the services And tell her how happy we are to have her on our team So, I want to begin with a question today to all of you Why are you here? No, seriously, (laughs) why are you guys here? I mean, there's a Cowboys game coming up in a couple minutes. I mean, you guys may have had a a fun night on Saturday evening, and you had to wake up and you had to come to this building. Why are you here? Like, why did you come here today? Why did you make the effort to put your clothes on, to get in your car, drive a certain distance to this building, when you could have just as easily hung out in your pajamas and binge-watch Netflix? Why are you here today? I mean, what sets this community apart from any other group? Because if you're like me, I have invitations of community all over the place. I mean, my kids go to school, and I get invitations all the time from PTA meetings and dad's groups. So I have that community. If you guys have basketball groups, you play sports groups that you work out with. You have other groups at your work. And so what... What is it about this group that is any different than all those other groups that you're a part of? I mean, why do you guys spend the time that you do to come here on Sunday and during the week when we have activities? What is this all about? I mean, what is this community known for? In the, the book of John, chapter 13, Jesus is there At this part of the story Jesus is there And he's in the upper room This is right before he's going to be led to the cross And he's having the last moments with his disciples And he washes their feet And then he says this to them In John chapter 13 Verses 34 through 35 He says A new command I give you Love one another As I have loved you So you must love one another by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. I'm going to say that one more time. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This, my friends, is what sets us apart. This is our our X factor. This is what separates us from possibly other groups that we're invited in is this four-letter word, L-O-V-E. It is love. We're not separated. We're not known because of the beauty of our building exterior or because of our just amazing attire when we come to worship or the good looks of the worship leader, Shane Calvin. We are to be known by what? by our love. It's the win—the lens in which we view everything, is how we are to view our role in community. We are defined by love. So here is the kicker though, what does love mean? Because love in our vocabulary, in the English vocabulary is used in a whole bunch of ways. I mean, we talk about how we love pizza. We talk about how we love bagels. We talk about how we love our mothers, our grandmothers, how we love Taco Tuesday. This word is used all over the place. It's almost saturated enough to where we don't fully understand the definition. But here's the good news, is that the Bible, and this might be news to some of you, the Bible was not written in English. The Bible's original language was Greek, and just how oftentimes other languages have other vocabulary, and sometimes things get mixed up in the translation, Sometimes languages have a whole variety of word And the other language only has one To ascribe to each of these words I know if many of you have learned uh, Other languages You can see that you know, there's some languages There's some words in other languages That we kind of wish we had a word for In English But we don't have it in our vocabulary I think one of my favorite words When I was in Peru learning Spanish One of my favorite words That doesn't have an English translation A good one is the word aprovechar, aprovechar. You know, you Spanish speakers out there, how would you define in English aprovechar? Take to take advantage, take advantage. But here's the beauty of aprovechar in Spanish. It's, you know, when we hear the word take advantage of in, in English, it's almost like it's, it's a negative connotation. We're taking advantage of something. But the Spanish word aprovechar, it's like a good thing. It's like you are taking advantage of something good. You are aprovechando this incredible meal. You're aprovechando this, this family enga- engagement. It's something good that you're trying to get as much out, out of as you can. And so, I mean, languages have these different differentials uh, in, in the Bible. Love is one of those words. In English, we have one word for love. But as you guys know who've been in the church... For all of your life, you can tell me this. How many words in the Bible are translated as love in English? How many? Bill Hogan knows. Richard, you know. Four. There's four different words that are in the Greek that are used. Different, four different words that are all translated into the word love. For example, the first is storge. Can you guys say Storge. There it is right there, storge, that's more of a familial love. It's like a love between, um, you know, siblings, a brother and a sister love, or, or a mother and a son and a father and a daughter. This is a love that is created because of the familial bonds, bonds that are created, the blood that's shared. The next one, well, you know, in Scripture, the best example of this is Martha and Mary and Lazarus. Because they share together, because they're siblings, they share together a store love. The second, it's a little PG-13, is Eros. Can you guys say Eros? Eros. All right, so this is the romantic feeling, you know, the, the, the Romeo and Juliet love, the passionate love. Romeo, Romeo, far art thou? Is that how it goes? I can't remember <laughs> how that play goes but you know that passionate love that's there between lovers be, between people who are attracted to each other many of us who are married we, we remember these times at the very beginning of the relationship when all we could think about was the other person i mean when we woke up to when we went to bed it was just we were drunk with love and this is the eros love it's it's of course used in the bible in the song of solomon it reminds me of that song in the 90s r&b song I get so weak in the knees, I can hardly... You know that song? (laughs) Inside joke, by the way. Eros is romantic, passionate love. The third is philia. I'm not going to say too much about this word because our brother Jake is going to preach on this particular word tomorrow and I think... Sorry, not tomorrow, next Sunday... Uh, And so I think there's going to be some surprises to this uh, word. You know, some things that we've never thought about before. But this is more of a a love among friends, a brotherly and sisterly love. You know, the college roommates, the wedding party. And finally, there's the word that we're going to talk about today that's used in Scripture. And what is that word, everybody? Agape. We know this word. We've heard thousands of sermons on this. This is agape. This is the type of love that in John 13... Jesus is using in fact let me read it again but instead of love switching it to this particular Greek word Jesus says in John chapter 13 a new command I give you agape one another as I have agaped you so you must agape one another by this you will know that you are my disciples if you agape one another so what is agape Agape is crazy love. It's the love that doesn't make sense. It's the love that is faithful through, it, through the good times and the bad times. It's a love that seeks out. It's a love that's a verb and not just a feeling. It's a love that incorporates, that includes and transcends emotion. This is a love that is inexplicable. This is the love that we are to be known by. I mean, C.S. Lewis, the author, he describes this love as a selfless love that is passionately committed to the well-being of others. Isn't that a beautiful thought? That the idea, the motivation behind this is to be so loving that you are caring. The well-being of others is of, of utmost importance. The Bishop Robert Barron, he quotes agape love as the willing, as willing the good of the other. As the other. So you take to the next step. You, you want the other person to to experience success and, and good things in their life. You want them to thrive and succeed. But you're not trying to change them in the process. You love them for who they are. Man, this is radical, man. This is crazy, crazy love. Karl Barth, the missiologist, he writes about this word, agape love. It identifies with the interests of the neighbor in utter independence of the question of his attractiveness and with no expectation of reciprocity. It's a hard word to say. So what this means is this, this kind of love isn't conditional. It isn't dependent upon the other person's attractiveness, the other person's awesomeness, or the other person's state in their life. It doesn't depend. It's not conditional. And secondly, you're not wanting to get anything in return. Agape love means a kind of love where there's no strings attached. There are no strings attached to this type of love. And you know this word agape, this is everywhere in Scripture. I mean it is, I mean it's almost like scattered almost on every page, this word agape. I mean if you read in 1 John chapter 4 verses 8 and verse 16, God himself is described as agape. God is agape this love. God is agape. If you go to Matthew 22, when Jesus is asked, what is the greatest commandment? What is the greatest commandment, and what does Jesus say? Agape. He says, agape, the Lord your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, this is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Agape, your neighbor, as yourself. All the law and the prophets hinge on these commandments. Then on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. This is crazy. This is ludicrous. I mean, this is why we're together. Because this is so out there. It's so upside down. Jesus says this on the Sermon on the Mount. He says, you have heard it said, you shall agape your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's what, that's what the world tells you. But I say to you, Jesus, Christians, what we're about agape your who your enemies and pray for those who persecute you oh my stars I mean this is radical kind of love and this is the love that we are to be known by this is who we are this is our trademark this is our brand one more verse in John three sixteen. does anybody know that one Anyone who's been to a WWE wrestling match knows this one. John three sixteen. What is it? For that was great. <laughs> for God so agape the world that he gave. What? Amen. Excellent job reading on that. That was a fantastic, this is agape love. Agape love is unexplainable and uncontainable. It's, it's unfathomable, and this is what we are here to do, and ultimately we see this love in the life of Jesus, because Jesus is the epitome of agape love, the way that he saw people, the way that he healed people, and ultimately the way that he gave himself on the cross and showed us what love truly is, what self-sacrificing love looks like, we can see that in Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 13, and if you have your Bibles today, I'd like you to turn to this particular text, because we're not going to have it on the PowerPoint. And uh, we have these Bibles, if, you're, if you don't have your Bible today, we have Bibles in the, in the pew And this particular particular text is on 1,786. 1,786. And this is in 1 Corinthians. The Apostle Paul is writing to a church that's in Corinth. And he's writing a letter to them. And he gets into the 13th chapter. And he gives them a real-life explanation of what agape looks like. Every time love is used. Every time love is used in 1 Corinthians 13. It's the agape love. It's this love that we have been describing. And so he begins in verse 1 of chapter 13. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels but do not have agape, I am only a resounding gong or a clinging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but have not agape, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have agape, I gain nothing. I mean, this tells us that as Christians, if we're not about agape, we're wasting our time. If you are here and you don't care about agape, you're not striving towards agape, you should buy a boat and go to the lake. It's a lot more fun than sitting in a pew. This is, all, this is all about agape. This is about love. This is about entering into our hearts the ability to love our enemy, to love those around us, and to have that self-sacrificing, faithful love that Jesus gives in our life, shows us in our life. It's what our life force is. It's what gets us going. It's the energy that sustains us. Then Paul continues in 1 Corinthians 13. He gives us a glimpse of what this love looks like. He says... Oh, and before we get here, just think, when we, when we do this list, just think about the relational implications that are seen early on. That God is this agape. That God looks at us with this agape. That we look at God with this agape. That we, that we are to look at each other with this agape. So keep that in mind, all the relational int- intricacies when we read this particular text. Because in verse 4, it tells us what agape is. Number one, agape Verse 4. Agape is patient. Agape is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Agape does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Agape never fails. This, my friends, this is the gospel. This is what we are about and what we are invited into in the story of Jesus. And as we talked about in the very first, this is what we are to be known by. We are to be known by our patience. We are to be known by our kindness. We are to be known by the fact that we don't envy other people. We don't don't boast about our accomplishments in in, in a selfish way. We're not proud to the point of dehumanizing other people. Do you see how radical this message is in the climate that our world is in today? When our world is faced right now with people that are different, people that are opposing the other... Our tendency is to not be kind, is to be proud, to dehumanize, to, to bash them. But this, we are a different people. We have a different MO. We have a different way of doing things. Our way is agape, agape. That is the type of love that we are. When someone says, Who are these people at Skillman Church of Christ? Who are these people? Our mission, our goal is to be known by our agape. To be known by our kindness and by our patience and not keeping a record of wrongs. A love that is so radical, so crazy, so extreme, that they can only be accomplished by joining together and submitting to a higher God. We are gonna continue our worship at this time, and we're gonna in a second we're gonna have a stand up and we're gonna sing. And each time we do this at our church, we offer an invitation. An invitation to those who need prayers. And we have elders that stand on the sides of this building to pray with anybody that has something on their heart. Something that they're struggling with. Something that they're wrestling with. And so we have that there. I'll be up front too. For anyone who's interested in talking about, about their, their life, about baptism, a struggle that I can pray for, we are here for you to show you agape love. But before we sing... We do need to talk about, well, how? How do we get to a place as a church where we can be agape kind of people? How do we do it? Well, it takes, it takes work. I don't think that it's our, we can just wake up one morning and it happens. This takes a lot of inner work. It takes prayer. It takes time on our knees. It takes time in meditation. It takes loving yourself as well because we can't love our neighbor. We can't agape our neighbor until we agape It takes the inner time of holding each other accountable on this journey because the struggle is real. And here's the other thing. Every week, every day, we look to the cross. We look to Jesus as our inspiration because Jesus is the incarnation of this uh, agape love. He shows us what it is, and he shows us what true, faithful love is. Why don't you come together as we stand and sing about this incredible, faithful love of Jesus. Faithful love flowing down from the floor.